You're listening to HR Mavericks, a weekly podcast featuring leading small business HR professionals who share their experiences and insights to help you know how to turn your HR processes and employee experience into a strategic business advantage. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the next episode of HR Mavericks. I'm Garrett Justice, and today I'm joined by Ryan Drotty, who's the Director of Culture and People Operations at Sweetfish Media. Ryan, how are you doing today, man? Doing so good. Thanks, Garrett. This is awesome being here. We are, are super excited to have you on the show today, especially someone who works for a company like Sweetfish Media who are experts in podcasts, right? So hopefully I don't screw it up. You can, <laughs> you can I'm call judging, me out. I'm judging everything you do, so I, be very I know. careful. I know. I know you will and James, your CEO, <laughs> and everyone behind the scenes there will yeah. after hearing it. So um, yeah, call me out if I'm, if I'm making mistakes here along the way. But yeah. you know, before we jump into our topic, tell our listeners a little bit more about your career background, what your role is like there at Sweetfish yeah. Media, and also more about Sweetfish Media. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I, I have been with Sweetfish since its inception. We've been around seven years. I was actually the first employee that James hired. Had no business background before that or interest in business, frankly. Was a creative writing major, wanted to write novels, still love fiction, all that. But you know, as you uh, may or may not know, if you've touched on that world at all, you don't make very much money in that space. So, <laughs> um, so got into this be- because I had written some blogs for him. He brought me on. At first, we were a blog writing shop, you know, kind of a dime a dozen. Uh, we we did uh, that type of work for customers. Uh, about a year in is when he had this epiphany. Hey, podcasting, we've done this. We can do it for others. We know how to make this work and how to do it effectively and coach customers on it. So um, we made that pivot. I went from writer to account manager, you know, producer. And then eventually, as we added more producers, was the director of customer experience there. So, you know, spent a lot of time learning in that world and finally realized that my heart was really our internal people and people ops and HR and had never ever expected to end up in that space, but kind of made that shift over, started learning about company culture. What is this? Like people get paid to focus on company culture Mm -hmm. and make sure that people are happy and engaged. Like I just, the whole world, it's been a few years now that I've been in it, but I I'm pretty confident this is where I'm going to be maybe for the rest of my career. At least I'm going to camp out here for a long time. Um, But I, I truly feel like I was all over the place within Sweetfish, but that's that's sort of the beauty of a young company like that too. Is you get to you get to move around and kind yeah. of see where you fit best. So wear all those hats, huh? So yeah, totally. It's good. So tell me this: I like to ask this to a lot of our guests, but what was that thing that initially drew you to the HR space, wanting to work in that after working across all those different you know areas, and then what's yeah. really kept you there since then? I I just started noticing that. As a manager, I don't have any direct reports now, but I did then. And as a manager, the things that got me most excited were when I could prove to the people that worked for me that I supported them, that I trusted them, that they could share, they could bring some of the deep and heavy things of their life Mm -hmm. to me in a work setting in a way they never thought was possible. And I just got a few comments from people here or there that... Uh, that their experience with Sweetfish or with me as a manager was just a total 180 from toxic workplaces that they'd been a part of previously. And I just ate it up, man. It was just so like, this is amazing that you can do this for people, that you can totally reorient their view of what work can be. People spend so much of their lives working. And so 
I just love that. I get, I, I love deep conversation. I go, I sometimes have to pump the brakes with people real fast. I like, I like to get into the deep, the, the deep end basically. And so like, under, like HR is a great space for that, honestly, because it's people centric, at least at its heart, it should be people centric. Yeah. Um, you know, it gets tougher as you scale. Right. But, but in the beginning, it has been all about the people. It's been all about establishing and not just that, but we're, we were small enough to where I got to fundamentally establish what a whole entire culture is. So I'm just, yeah. I spend, you know, tons of my time studying culture and HR and people ops and recruiting. And just like, I've eventually found, so I'm, you're getting me going here with go, this question, go. but, uh, yeah. So, so I think it was the people and the, the support and the, the like ability to, um, provide a psychologically safe space for people in the workplace was what got me there. And I think what's keeping me here is hiring actually, which is what we're going to talk about today. I never recognized this, but the process of recruiting and bringing in talent and providing a great candidate experience is just, that's, that's where I'm at right now. Like my head and my heart have been on that for some time and I'm just really passionate about doing this right. So um, yeah, that's, that's, what's going to keep me around for a long time. In addition to the other things. I love it. Hey, when you get on those rolls, I'm just going to let you go because it's all good okay. stuff. So all right. don't you okay. worry about it. Okay. Um, so one of the things I think that is really unique about Sweetfish Media, you said you've been there about seven years. And right. from the beginning, your company has been fully remote, right? People yeah. are located all over the place. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Totally remote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so with now you're around the around about 40 employees. Is that right? That's it. Yep. 40 employees and maybe... Something like double that in freelancers, contractors that we work with. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a lot to be able to, how do you build a culture? How do you hire people when you are fully remote? That's something that's yep. top of mind for a lot of companies today. Right, but I would right. say seven years ago, it, it was very much a minority thing that not a lot of companies were doing that. Right. And so right. that's really one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on and really just pick your brain on this topic today, specifically around virtual hiring. And how do you do it better than 98% of the companies out there? Because the truth is most companies out there seven years ago, or even three years ago, probably weren't doing it. And now a large portion of them are, or they're thinking about doing it more. So just to, before we jump into this, I just wanted to share with our listeners, just a couple of stats that I found out there just about this topic, virtual hiring. That's just really interesting. So get this right in 2019, fewer than 6% of Americans worked primarily from home. Okay. (laughs) And just recently, Gartner put out a report that 80% of company leaders in a survey that they did plan to allow employees to work remotely at least part of the time post-pandemic, right? And so many of us are still in that boat. Many of us are still working from home. Some have kind of come back in the office. And obviously, like working from home or working remote is not possible for all types of companies. There's some mm-hmm. companies where you have to have a physical presence or it's a service business where you're going on location with your customers, right? And But I think that, you know, the principle is the same, that more and more of the world has changed into more and more employees are expecting to work remote, if possible. And how do you build that culture? And especially how do you hire consistently when everyone's remote? So Yep. Does that sound like a good like precursor? Should we jump into this topic? It sounds great. Yes, six percent just two, you know, three years ago is just blowing my mind that and how much the world has changed. But you're yeah, yeah, that's uh, there's nothing new that needs to be said there. Love it. Okay. So before so as we jump in, first question I want to ask you is what do you feel like the main difference is for candidates and also for the HR recruiters? 
between an in-person hiring experience and a fully virtual hiring experience? I think the primary difference is the amount of time you get to spend with each other. Uh, that is, that's the crucial difference. And there are pros and cons to that because for the candidate, uh, there's less anxiety over sitting in a waiting room for an hour. You know, you've, you've, we've all been there before, right? Where you're showing up to a work interview and you're sitting there and you're just, you're so anxious for that to happen. Um, plus, you know, travel and those types of things. So when you're a candidate in a hiring process, virtually, you just join the call, you get through it then you're done. You can mm-hmm. decompress, right? You just you click off whatever you want to do. You're done mm-hmm. with the thing. On the other hand, you might not get as much visibility into the company environment. Mm-hmm. Some of the people around that you may get being in a space, you know, how do I feel about this physical location? What does that say about the company and how they, uh, you know, treat their employees, those types yeah. of things. On the other side, as a recruiter, you don't get to pick up on the little things, the offhand comments a person makes, how they treat the people they pass in the building. You know, the information you get, you really have to work for it. Mm-hmm. You have to be highly intentional. But on the plus side, the plus side uh, virtual interviews are much easier to coordinate as well. Yeah. So that, that helps a lot too. So easier for candidates who are interviewing. I mean, you just log on at home. You can still yeah. wear your shorts underneath the table and no one yep. will see, right? Mm-hmm. Easier for recruiters to kind of set up. And especially as you're growing quickly or doing it at scale, get through a lot of those. Yes. But ultimately kind of harder to get a feel for, is this a good candidate, a good fit for our company? And is this company a good fit for me as a candidate? Is that right? Exactly. Yeah, you got it. Okay. Interesting. I think, I think I totally agree with that. And so how do you mitigate that is what you really want to talk about today. And I know um, that you've done a great job over the last few years, really focusing because you've had to, every candidate is fully remote there at Sweetfish, just mm-hmm. building a strong candidate experience virtually. And so I know you have kind of four steps that we want to go through to really talk about how you've done that at Sweetfish. So the first step um, that you shared with me is to write out the entire hiring process from A to Z. Tell us more about that one. I will. Yeah. And I just, I just want to reemphasize there the, the phrase candidate experience, because that before I get into this, right? Because all four of these are around candidate experience. And it's something that co many, so many companies pay attention to customer experience. Mm-hmm. That's a thing that's become more and more popular, justifiably so, and so many other areas, but you don't necessarily think of the experience of candidates, most of which won't end up with your company yeah. as being uh, something that's valuable, but it's, it so is. So the Getting back to your original question, how do we do it well, better than before 98? you do? Before yeah, you do, yeah. Ryan, I just want to hit on that point. I'm so yeah, glad that you yeah, said that, yeah, because that's something that I've seen so much. And I think, especially going back to those stats that I shared at the very beginning, right, with this remote experience, we've also seen across so many companies and industries. You know, you've heard the term "the great resignation," where so many people are are leaving, and what that has done is it's put more emphasis on having a really good candidate and employee experience after you hire them. And so there's a lot of companies I think who are having a hard time hiring. It's because they haven't necessarily thought through that lens of how do right. I create an, an excellent candidate and employee experience yeah. because they've, you know, justifiably been focused on a lot of other things when you're building a small business, but you know, every company is being forced through that. It doesn't matter the size. Now you got to make sure that that's a really tight experience for candidates all the way through employees. If you want to attract and retain the best talent today. Right. Exactly. Right. So, so as a small business, what do you do then? Right. So what, how do you, how do you move ahead here or start? 
So that's what I want to talk about today. The first one, as you said, was writing out your entire hiring process. And I do mean writing it out or typing. Okay, you can type right? mm-hmm. okay. in painstaking detail. Okay, so mine that we use at Sweetfish is a 28-step process mm-hmm. from the moment I'm made aware that we need to hire someone to the end of onboarding. So that's, in our case, 90 days after they start with us. How should people request a new hire at your business? How do you plan to build out a profile of what to look for in the candidates? Where will you recruit from? You know, where are you posting job ads? Where are you going to go and find people? How many candidates do you want at the top of the funnel before closing a job ad? That's actually a very simple but important one to figure out because that'll... that ways into timing. Yeah. How many rounds of interviews? Who's on those interviews? What is your finish line when it comes to hiring a new team member? Is HR involved the whole way through or only for the upfront recruiting? Yeah. Uh, you know, nailing all those things in front end. The benefit of this for me was to take the guesswork out of hiring cycles. When you're in the thick of interviewing people, if you don't have a process, if you don't have a plan, it is so easy to lose control of the candidate's experience. You know, maybe you like a candidate a lot and you get the idea to introduce them to your CEO on a whim, but you got to be careful here. There's a lot of dominoes that you may not see with something like that. It could drag out the hiring process even further. If they don't work out, maybe you've lost your other candidates along the way. They're not willing to wait. You know, I've had a situation where I won't go too far into it, but there's a woman who works with us who had interviewed with us previously and did not move forward in that process because she was a little bit sketched out by a delay that we had in the hiring process because it mm-hmm. made it seem like we didn't have our act together, right? Um, you you can always edit and improve your hiring process, but I think you need to have one in the first place that you can fire up anytime you go to hire. Yeah, really, really good point. And I think that makes sense as you describe that. So I want to play devil's advocate just a little bit and push Mm -hmm. back because you started this call by saying you kind of come from the background of a writer, right? Mm -hmm. And so writing out this process for someone who's not a writer, they're probably thinking, man, do I really need to write it out? What have been the benefits that you have seen from really actually writing or typing it out and having it out there? Because I'm sure there's probably people thinking, well, I have that process in my head. I'm the, I'm the main recruiter anyways. I'm the person managing this entire process. Do I really need to write it out? What would you say to those people? Two things. I mean, one, one, let me make it very clear. You don't have to write this beautifully in any way. That is not what (laughs) the intention is here. You're not going to show it to a lot of people. You can, but, but the point here is to clarify exactly what those steps are. Sure. Maybe it's in your head, but I'm willing to bet that if you haven't really spent much time documenting this, it's probably a little flexible and fuzzy what's actually in your head. And are you actually following a consistent process? The other thing, which is the benefit of documentation anytime is if anyone else in the world wants to go through this hiring cycle or do it for you, how are they going to do it if it's in your head? Yeah. So that's that's key. But even for you, I because I do most of the hiring here right now, we're about to hire more on the team. And even apart from having it ready for future people ops recruiters on our mm-hmm. team, it is so important to write out specific things like we do this and we do this on day two. Yeah. We do this on day four. And then the, this email goes out on day seven and those types of things, the level of precision you can have writing something out, even if it's just in sloppy shorthand or on the back of a napkin, whatever it is, mm-hmm. like 
is so much greater than what you can have in your head or just kind of, uh, you know, doing it on the fly. Makes absolute sense. And I, I would also just add, you know, from my own perspective that it's pretty rare. I think that there's only one person at your company involved in a hiring process. Sometimes that happens, you know, sometimes you're hiring for roles where, you know, you have one person come in and talk with an HR person and they get a job shortly thereafter. But I would Mm -hmm. say for the majority of the time, there's someone else across your company who's going to be either interacting with them when, when they come in, when they jump on, you know, emailing them or doing an interview with them. And so making sure that there's alignment there um, is, is really key for making, again, that good candidate experience. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Okay. Step number two um, is always let candidates know exactly where they stand in the hiring process and what comes next. Tell us about this one. Okay. This is the one that really gets me fired up, Karen, (laughs) because I am utterly dumbfounded by the amount of companies who completely botch this. Yeah. It's such a very simple concept. Even big companies, right? Yes. 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 The candidate should always know where she stands in the hiring process and when you're going to contact them next. Um, So let me, let me walk you through ours at Sweetfish for most hires. We do two rounds of interviews. I screen 10 to 15 candidates on a call. And then I choose three to five finalists. After that, we do an hour long interview alongside the hiring manager along the way. If you are one of the hundreds of people to apply at the beginning, but aren't getting a screening interview, you're getting a rejection email from me to close the loop. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, you're not moving ahead instead of nothing ever coming. And so side note there, I get so many people who respond with just a basic, so many companies don't even tell me that I'm not getting interviewed. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Basic one. At the end of every screening interview, I close the call by telling the person, when I'm going to wrap up the screening calls and the exact day when they can expect to hear from me next. Hmm. It goes something along the lines of this. I actually did this today. Uh, I wrapped up some screening interviews. Mm -hmm. I'll reach out to you by end of day Wednesday, either to schedule a final interview with you or to let you know we're going to go with other candidates, right? But you'll hear something from me by the end of day tomorrow. So if it gets to be nighttime, feel free to reach out and pester me, knock on my virtual door. Mm-hmm. Um, I do the same thing with the three to five finalists. They know when they will hear from me, either with an offer letter or an update that we offered somebody else. Yeah. You know, sometimes the final decision on who we want to offer takes a little bit longer than expected. So it rolls over into the next day, but I always at least reach out and let the candidates know, hey, we need a little bit more time. We need an extra day to make the decision. I will check in with you again tomorrow. I reach out when I say I will reach out and they are never left guessing with what comes next. I get way too much praise from candidates on this point. The only reason people praise it is because it's novel to them. And this should not be novel. It is basic courtesy to care enough about your candidates to guide them through the process and to close the loop with each and every one of them one way or the other. I love it. And I'm so glad that you're passionate about this one because I think this is one that's like so pervasive across every company, every industry, so big. I'm sure pretty much everyone has had an experience where they've applied for a job and not heard anything back ever. Yes. Right. Yes. And, nothing. <laughs> and, and so I think it happens so often. And I think uh, in my, in my opinion, one of the shifts that we're seeing that we talked about at the very beginning of why we're talking about candidate experience, mm-hmm. which leads into eventually employee experience is in the past, the old way of doing it was 
the company is this big, huge entity, and you would all be honored to work here oh, as right. an employee, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And I think that the reality today is people have a lot of options, right? Especially yes. as we're working more remote and you don't have to live in the same physical location, it opens up opportunities. So if you want to be a company that can attract and retain the best talent, you have to think through the candidate experience just like you would think through the company's experience. They're interviewing you as much as you're interviewing them. And when you let these things fall short is really not putting your best foot forward as a company, right? As a recruiter, if you don't see yourself as a salesperson as well for your company or for your brand in trying to sell the candidates on why they should feel comfortable working with you and joining up with you because they they do not have to, as you said, accept your offer or move ahead in the process or anything like that, then I think you're really missing out. Yeah. Great point. Okay. Awesome. So that's point number two. The first was write out the hiring process. Then the next that we just talked about is let candidates know exactly where they stand in the hiring process. And I love how your examples that you shared of just, it takes organization upfront. And that's why that's, you have to start. That's with why you write it out. Writing, you're writing ready out to, the hiring yeah. process, mm -hmm. right? You have to know exactly what's next. And, and so you can communicate that. Okay. Yep. Number three is reject candidates as personally as possible. Tell us about this. Yeah. I realized when I wrote that, I was like, that could be taken wrong. What I'm not saying is, you know, be really personally mean to them when you reject them instead. Uh, no, be, be personable, be human as you reject yeah. people. Right. So this is actually low, low hanging fruit. I think for recruiters, most messages that companies send out are cold and they seem copied and pasted from the same template. A lot of them are, honestly, they come from certain companies and they say the exact same thing. Um, but uh, let's see if they're even sent at all, right? You know, yeah. based on the last thing that we said, you have an opportunity to write a message that will resonate with people and reflect your brand and even to soften the blow a little mm -hmm. bit because rejecting people is hard. Yeah. Uh, let's be honest. It's, it's never easy to send that message, but you can actually help that a little bit by uh, putting some more human language into it. Of course, you want to be careful here and you don't want to be flippant with your message, but mm -hmm. you want to be empathetic. There are many, many ways you can put uh, empathetic messaging into this. So I'll give you an example. Yeah. Ours, the one that we sent out right now, I only have one template that I kind of send. I'm hoping to come up with some more options here pretty soon. The subject line says, you're someone's the one. <laughs> and I send it out to everyone who didn't move ahead in the hiring process. Uh, it, it basically says, you know, hey, thank you so much for applying or interviewing with the position. We're not moving you ahead in the process. I know that's really difficult for, here, for you to hear. Probably not what you wanted to hear today. It never is fun not moving ahead in the hiring process. Sometimes I'll add a little bit of extra color if the candidate pool is especially talented or large. Like we just had 660 people apply for one position. Wow. So just like, I want you to know that so that it's very much not personal that you didn't get an interview. Like to start off, there's just a ton of people applying, right? So letting people know that and then saying, you know, like you may not be the right person for us at this moment, but the, the spot for you is out there and you're going to find it. I know it. It's just yeah. this really like, I try to turn it around and have it be more of an empowering message rather than a rejection message. And I've gotten a lot of feedback from people that said, this is like, this is the nicest rejection, you know, email I've ever gotten, or this is yeah. like so kind. Of course, you've got one or two people that kind of go off and, and blow up or I've gotten comments because I put a GIF on there of like Captain America saying, good luck. 
And I've gotten a couple of people being like, this is so unprofessional, but you know, I'm willing to accept that because yeah. like the, the high percentage of people who feel so overwhelmingly positive about it and us knowing our brand, um, like we, we want to connect with you on a human level. People like that type of interaction. I, I I'll take it. So, yeah, I think that's awesome. I think that's a good example too, of, um, how you can, like you said, show your brand through this process. So like, I know you said this a minute ago, but if you're a recruiter or if you're an HR and you're hiring people and you don't think that you're a salesperson or a marketer, you know, Mm -hmm. you probably got to reevaluate that because those things are important. And when you can leave someone, even reject them and leave them with kind of a good taste in their mouth about your company, you have no idea what that's going to do for you. That's right. It ripples out. It ripples out. Yeah. I mean, they could come back, they could tell their friends about that awesome experience and refer one of the best candidates along. So you want to always put your best foot forward. I think that's a great way to do it. Oh, one more thing I forgot to say on this is, so I send that email out to everyone who initially applies and who, who gets screened. But for the final three to five finalists that I mentioned, I send a different message. I actually okay. send a personalized video message. So we use BombBomb. There are lots of different platforms out there yeah. to send personalized messaging. But um, I, I recommend taking the time to do that too, because when you get that deep into the process, you've spent a lot of time with that person. They're really invested. You're invested in it. And so an email just doesn't quite seem enough for me at that point. So I want to, I, I reach out, send them a direct message, video them, uh, or send the video to them, let them know they're not moving on. And I try to give some measure of justification for why we made our decision on the other candidate or whatever it may be. But that, um, that's also one other touch at the end of the process that I switch it up a little bit because of how far they made it. Yeah, that's great. Such a nice personal touch. And you can see how that really gets someone excited for, you know, next steps. So it's awesome. Okay. So we've talked about these first three, um, write out the hiring process, let candidates know where they stand, reject them in a personable way. And then the last one is customize your application to fit your brand. Tell us more about that. Yeah, this is probably the lowest priority of all these. So it's not something you need to rush out and do right away, but I do think it's something you should definitely consider when you have the time for it. So, uh, we don't have people apply directly through LinkedIn, Indeed, any of those, or even just kind of a on our website. People don't apply through our website. We actually send them to a type form that we've created, a customized type form that is crafted to showcase our brand, our values, our sense of humor, all that. It takes longer for candidates to complete, but it's also a lot more enjoyable for people to fill out. And it gives us more information than a basic resume would. Uh, We ask for feedback on the form. And I can't tell you how many people have said things like, this is the best application I've ever filled out. It didn't even feel like applying, felt more like I was journaling Mm -hmm. or having a conversation. And this was a very human process, you know, things like that. I've had to refine it over time to eliminate some redundant questions and actually get some feedback from the candidates themselves on stuff like that, which is really helpful. It's a built-in feedback mechanism and other things, but overall it's been a huge, huge win for our employer brand. And I'm happy to share that with people if they want to see what it looks like. Yeah, that would be awesome. So we'll drop the link in the show notes. So you'll be able to find that. Um, So that's, that's great. I can see how, again, that's putting your best foot forward and talking about what you really care about as a company, showcasing it, especially Again, we're talking about virtual hiring here. I think all of the steps that you talked about could be applicable for in-person or virtual hiring. But mm-hmm. I think that you know these especially highlight those points of 
how do you help the person really understand what your culture is like if they're not there in the office experiencing yes, it's it? It's that much more important. Yeah. And it's that much more important. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So tell me, as we kind of wrap this up here, these four steps are great. I think they're applicable for every business out there. How has your hiring process improved by focusing on improving these four things? I think it's related to that sales conversation we were having or the mindset. Because since we've emphasized candidate experience, I am confident that it's made the negotiation phase of the hiring process at the very end much, much easier on my end. Mm -hmm. Because... If candidates are impressed by your company during the whole hiring cycle, they'll come to the final table with less skepticism about you. They want to make it work because they like you and they want to be part of an organization that seems like a breath of fresh air. Mm -hmm. And so in our case, I think this is borne out by a lot of just the qualitative feedback I get from candidates who are visibly excited about what they find on our website, in the type form, in the emails we send, you know, and so on. So I, 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 that's, that's the biggest thing to come out of it, I think, is, is, is not having to overcome as much skepticism as I would otherwise. It works. And, and that's it. You know, as, as we talked about at the beginning, if you want to be the company that can attract and retain the best talent, these are the types of things that you need to do to win today. Mm-hmm. So yep. love it. Awesome. Well, Ryan, this has been such an awesome conversation. I'm sure that there's so many applicable tips for every business. Every listener out there is probably thinking of something they can go and apply in their own business. So I really appreciate you joining and sharing your insights with us today. As we kind of wrap up here, um, our listeners know I like to ask one question at the end that's not necessarily related to our topic, but really more focused on our mission as the HR Maverick community, which this podcast is a part of, is to really democratize HR knowledge and best practices for especially small businesses out there who need it most. And so what's the one tip or recommendation that you would share with our listeners of one thing they could go do this week to really help improve their people or HR processes. I'm going to actually make it related to our our topic today because I think think a really easy one that you can do this week is go and write a personalized rejection email. Write it down, write down a template, and then start using it. The next time you hire people and people don't make it on further in the process, you have that already fired up and ready to go. Use it. Um, so spend some time you know, making it personal, making it reflect your brand, your values, and start using it. Love it. That's a great tip. And if you have just tuned into the end of this, then you just need to rewind a couple of minutes and hear the example that Ryan shared of exactly what that could look like, yeah. similar to the one that he shared. So awesome. So Ryan, if there are listeners that want to learn more about you know, your company, Sweetfish Media, or if they want to connect with you and ask you further questions, what's the best way for them to do that? LinkedIn's a great place. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, you'll see the little We Produce podcast for B2B brands. It's on all of the Sweetfish people's uh, taglines, essentially. Um, I'm a little slow on LinkedIn. I'm not that active on it. So you can also email me if you want a faster response. It's ryan at sweetfishmedia.com. Awesome. Well, Ryan, thank you so much again for joining and sharing your insights with us. Hope you have a great rest of the day. Thanks, Garrett. Today, enduring companies know that their people are their most important assets and they invest in helping them excel. But often, small businesses with limited HR resources struggle to manage their people, payroll, and processes efficiently and create an environment where frontline, deskless employees thrive. That's why we created Eddy. Eddy is the all-in-one HR suite built for local businesses that streamlines tedious HR processes and improves the employee experience for frontline workers. 
With Eddy, you can hire, manage, pay, and engage employees with one easy-to-use software. No headache required. You've already done the hard part by creating a great business. Now let us help you take it to the next level. Visit eddy.com today to request a demo.